at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. Behind the music today, we are in conversation with RJ Benjamin, our musical genius, as we go through the life and times of Mary J. Blige. Welcome to the show. It's been a while, RJ. Hi. Hey, long, long time. <laughs> it, how's COVID treating you? How's the lockdown treating you? <laughs> uh, it's good. I mean, my child has just started climbing, so oh, wow. um, I'm definitely burning more calories, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're listening to Mary J. Blige today, and mm. she is significant because? You know, I didn't. I never realized why. I I was never a Mary J. Blige fan. And then I watched the doc. Uh, two things happened. I watched her performing the song No More Drama on the Grammy Awards. I was like, wow, this is, there's so much behind this. And I, start, I started digging into it. And essentially, Mary J. Blige, was, uh, um, she created what, what, a, uh, what a lot of people call hip-hop soul. She was really the first singer to, to marry hip-hop with R&B. Um, and really, like, paved the way for so many other singers to, to suddenly start doing what hip-hop was doing. What did hip-hop do? Hip-hop always had a sample beat. In other words, someone else's music mm-hmm. that they would then in turn yes. create a new music and rap over. Yeah. And she took the same formula. She would take sampled music and put her own spin, her own song over that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you had people like Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey, Lauren Hill, uh, Destiny's Child, Beyonce, all the way up to Drake right now. I mean, you remember Drake yes. uh, recently sampled a black coffee yeah. beat. Yeah. Um, so um, you can basically, uh, the, the, how can I say, the genesis of that kind of idea started with Mary J. Blige. Hmm. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that she, she was at the very forefront of that. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, and that's the reason why people call her the queen of hip-hop soul. Hmm. And she she has quite an interesting background, and I think for me that's what creates her textures more than anybody yeah. I know in the music industry. Her okay. life experience just is is so vivid in your face with 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 her music. That's absolutely uh, it. I mean, look, I was completely obsessed with um, the singers of the time, Mariah Carey, particularly in that around that time. I was. I used to love her early albums, and I and I never gave enough time to Mary. And 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 once I started digging in, there is so much there. There's so much depth to her music um, that it's not just about this as a singer. Mm. Um, her songs tell her life story, and her life story is is intense. Uh, she did not have an easy life, and and it, it it wasn't even easy once she became successful. So let's talk about her father, which I think is is quite a significant character in her life. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, she she grew up in the Bronx. Um, I think Mary's 49 years old now. Um, And she really had a a, a sort of troubled past. Her dad was was an alcoholic. And he basically used to drink to, to, uh, how can I say, to deal with the post-traumatic stress disorder that he had from the Vietnam War. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, uh, look, uh, I think uh, you know PTSD is a real thing even to this day. You know, and um, I, I mean the, the amount of people dealing with these kind of problems, specifically from war, and we know we've had lots of uh, war issues uh, on the African continent. It, it can't be understated, and that's why he became an alcoholic. And from there, he was abusive to her. Um, mm. And uh, I mean, look, she had ultimately dealt with. Um, abuse from the age of five all the way into her teen years, sexual abuse, 
and not just from her dad. Uh, he was just the beginning, but there were just other people around her all throughout her life who abused her. I mean, that's the sad bit, isn't it? That, I mean, she can't point to one person, that there were just all these people and presumably guardians who just took yeah. advantage of her. Yeah, it's, it's just so sad, you know, and, and uh, um, you know, as, as much as it created uh, some uh, a very nuanced uh, artist, um, nobody wishes that on anyone, uh, not at all. And, uh, and I think this is why we have movements right now um, hmm. to try and absolutely stop this uh, end this end this end this now hmm. and i think she's one of the biggest advocates of that to be honest let's talk about her relationship with p diddy <laughs> uh yeah uh, so 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 really uh, i mean as much as we can call uh, mary the queen of hip-hop soul i think we can very much thank um, sean combs aka p diddy hmm. for um for what she became um, he, so, so she recorded um, this cover of Anita Baker's song, uh, Caught Up in the Rapture, classic song. Um, and somehow, someone, um, uh, it was almost past the parcel kind of situation, and eventually um, a guy named Andre Harrell heard this demo. Uh, he had a company called Uptown Records. Andre Harrell passed away quite recently. Legend, legendary music executive uh, from New York. And he, he thought the best person to put Mary with was P. Diddy. And P. Diddy really had the idea to say, like, she's going to be the female face of Uptown Records. Uptown Records is purely a hip-hop label, but she's going to be that vocalist. You know, um, kind of like um, B.O.P. used tomorrow day as kind of like the, mm. the vocalist for, you know, for mm. a time. Mm. Things like that. And, and she really was that face. But... but but Sean Cohen saw more than that. And really from there, they were like, she's got more than just being this featured singer on our track. And they decided they're going to record this album called um, What's the 411? Um, they sampled uh, this classic uh, um, hip-hop beat from, uh, from a song called Top Billing. Um, I'm just trying to remember the name of the group. Uh, I think the group was called Audio 2. Okay. And basically, uh, um, they used the sample, which is that classic sample of the song Real Love. Yes. That's basically it. The whole song is that, on repeat. Loop, loop, loop. Yes. And she created the song called Real Love. I don't know about you, <laughs> but Real Love was everywhere. To me, it's a standard. It definitely you know? is. And, and let, let's just give it a, a bit more airplay so that people can hear exactly what it let's is that you're it. talking about. So that is Real Love by Mary J. Blige. And RJ, I mean, it's it's one of those songs. I, I can't imagine anybody who says they don't know the song. They may not know the artist, but that song was blasting through the music radio stations for a while. Oh yeah, it's timeless. It's timeless. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in my lounge and I'm bopping, and I think my wife thinks there's something wrong with my neck. <laughs> and uh, what, what was interesting about this? I mean, it's not new, but this was quite a sudden jump from from what she was, uh, what her life looked like, and and the success of this particular album. Oh, completely. I mean, this. I mean, you know, being being this girl struggling, you know, in the Bronx, um, suddenly. To being a star, this album won major awards. It was a multi-platinum selling album. 
Um, there was another song from the album called You Remind Me, which was also mm, massive. Mm. It was massive. And, um, and really, the, the, you know, she became a, a suddenly very young as well, an international award-winning superstar. Mm. Um, the problem is um, to deal with this, this sudden massive fame and becoming a household name, and this song becoming a household name, really. She she dove into uh, dealing with it using drugs and, uh, and lots of alcohol. I and, mean, yeah. that, that yeah, and, and it didn't help that she then had this, you know, really difficult relationship with Casey, another that, superstar. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So, I mean, um, people will, will remember the group Casey and Jojo. Yep. Um, and, and she was in a very uh, well-publicized relationship with uh, Casey. Uh, and, and sadly, what also became quite well-publicized was the fact that it was, um, it was a very abusive relationship. Mm. In fact, I think there was a court case. It, it really did get, get quite ugly. Um, and, and in classic uh, uh, Mary J. Blige fashion, the, the same way real love was really, I, I think, her just yearning for that mm. kind of a relationship, mm. which I think she was trying to look for in someone like Casey. Yeah. She started to write about the, 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 uh, the drugs, the alcohol, and particularly about the abusive relationship um, with Casey. And, um, I mean, her, her lead single from uh, her next album, My Life, My Life was a great song as well, by the yeah. way, um, but the lead single was a song called Be Happy. And Be Happy is literally her wearing her heart on her sleeve. If you listen to the words of, of Be Happy, it's completely uh, uh, bi- uh, autobiographical. Um, she says, she starts off with song, she says, how can I love somebody else if I can't love myself enough to know when it's time to let go? All I really want is to be happy and to find a love that's mine. It would be so sweet. You know, um, she was very, very autobiographical in the way she wrote. Let's take a listen. That's the music of Mary J. Blige as we continue our conversation with R.J. Benjamin and that song was Be Happy. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So we are back in conversation with R.J. Benjamin, uh, our musical guru, as we talk about the life and times of Mary J. Blige. We just played you Be Happy before we went to the ad break there. So we continue her life story, you know, because she grows, doesn't she? Oh, she she grows. I I think what's so beautiful. I mean, and and for anyone who who, who might be intrigued by Mary now, there is so, uh, so much of this is uh, is documented um, in interviews. She's like I say, she's always worn her heart on her sleeve. And there's some beautiful interviews she did with with Oprah, um, and she continues to do that. She I think she I love that about uh, I love artists where it's like the music. Uh, kind of goes hand in hand with the life, mm. and she's and sometimes being an artist is quite difficult because you have to be naked, yeah. uh, so to speak. You you have to sort of bear your soul, mm. and um, and she's never been afraid to do that. And I think it's great. It, it just makes her so intriguing. The, um, there is a song, "No More Drama," which for her, I think, mm. sits as one of her iconic songs for her. Oh man, you know that. That, that definitely got me into her. There's a, uh, I, I beg you and every, all of your listeners, go and find the Grammy Awards performance of No More Drama. She is so passionate. It, I, I never really got Mary until I saw that. Like she just, she, you, you understand her life's frustrations, her life experiences in the song. And I think what's quite fascinating about the song is, um, she didn't write it. You know, she's, like I said, she's a very autobiographical, biographical songwriter. 
Um, uh, but this song was written by the guys who produced the song, which is Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Mm. Um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, very famous for, for making Janet Jackson the star that, that she became. Uh, collaborated her, with her right from the beginning and, and still do often do. Um, and they sat down with Mary and were deeply inspired by the stories Mary uh, was telling them of her life. And um, there's, a, there's a famous sample in the song, by the way, um, called uh, Nadia's Theme. And I don't know if people will remember there was a soap that always used to be on called The Young and Restless. But if subliminally you listen to the song, you go, I recognize that piano thing. It's, it's from all those bloody years of the, the, um, <laughs> the Young and Restless being on TV. That's where I know it from. Um, can, I, can I read you what Mary yes, said about please. the song? Because I think it's quite powerful. This is what um, Mary said about the song. She I go through the emotions of being a child, growing up in the projects, getting robbed, growing up snatching a trick-or-treating bag, being shot at, having to fight physically every day of your life, going home to alcoholic aunts, mm. I suppose, and dad, mm. and every woman around you being beaten so badly by men you can't even understand it, and then growing up and realizing you're repeating all those patterns. You're drinking the alcohol and doing the drugs and being abused by men and the pain and frustration of not being able to stop it. I rewind through through that every time I sing No More Drama. I want to give people the real truth. Listen, RJ, it's always lovely talking to you. We're actually going to end it here, but we'll play out with that song, No More Drama. Thanks, RJ. Thank you. Anytime. All good. Bye.